scientific advances are oftentimes sudden accomplished facts before most of us are even dimly aware of them. Breathtakingly unexpected, for example, was the searing flash that announced the atomic age. Equally unexpected was the next gigantic stride, when man moved out of his very orbit to a point more than 20 million miles to Earth. Welcome to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me as always is my monstrous monstrosity of a co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, this universe of ours never ceases to amaze, does it? It's full of wonder. The sky is full of heavenly wonders. The sun, the moon, the stars... Not to mention the nine planets that make up our solar system. That's right, nine planets. Pluto counts. Eat it, Neil deGrasse Tyson. He knows what he did. Oh, he knows. One of those planets is going to figure rather prominently in tonight's film. Big Monster Month continues here on the program. But before we get to that, we would like to welcome all of you to Cozy Corner, including any and all spooks, specters, and astral travelers from Dimension X. Welcome. I would also like to welcome any terrifyingly cute but misunderstood creatures who may find themselves rampaging through Italy to the show, especially if they are Venusian origin. Tonight's film deals with a creature from the planet Venus, and it's really pretty good. Faith, what is on the slab for post-mortem this fine evening? From 1957, we have 20 million miles to Earth, directed by Nathan Duran and produced by Charles Schneer. The effects are by legendary stop-motion animator Ray Harryhausen, and he even conceived the story. This film introduced audiences to the Emir, the out-of-space creature that invades the Earth. Released in June 1957 by Columbia Pictures in glorious black and white, 20 Million Miles to Earth stars William Hopper, most famous to television audiences for his role as private detective Paul Drake in the classic legal series Perry Mason. Co-starring alongside Mr. Hopper is Joan Taylor, famous for her roles in television's The Rifleman opposite Chuck Connors, and for the feature film Earth vs. the Flying Saucers, another Charles Schneer production that featured effects work by Ray Harryhausen, fun trivia. She went on to marry Leonard Freeman, who would create the television series Hawaii Five-O, and later wrote the 1996 Matthew Perry, Salma Hayek romantic comedy Fools Rush In. Rounding out the cast is Frank Puglia as Dr. Leonardo. Puglia also appears in the 1942 classic Casablanca as a rug merchant. Originally, the movie was going to take place in Chicago and feature the rocket ship crashing into Lake Michigan, but Harryhausen got the production moved to Rome because he had always wanted to vacation there. With that in mind... And that is genius. It really is. In lieu of stars, we will be awarding 20 million miles to Earth, Gelato. We will be scoring it in the category of overall film. We are going to take a short pause for a coffee cause. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and get ready to howl at the moon. You are listening to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. We'll see you on the other side. It's 12.01, The Witching Hour. You're listening to WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. You are cleared for departure. Your destination, the late night fright. Commencing transmission in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Making the late night fright is a lot of fun, isn't it, Faith? What with all of the slashers, the creatures, the thrills, the chills, the kaiju. Gesundheit. Thank you. There's now a way for you to support the show. You can donate directly to the show to help us offset some of our operational costs. That would be our hosting fees and when we occasionally need to run a movie. If you go to our official site, thelatenightfright.podbean.com, 
and click the Become a Patron tab in the top right-hand corner. You'll find everything you need to help the late night fright stay spooky. That's a lot of information. You're not expecting our awesome listeners to go back and write all that down, are you? Nope. If you check the show description, you'll find a link right to the site. Also, if the spirits move you, leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. That is always appreciated. You're doing the most important thing you can right now by listening. We appreciate you tuning in every week. We know you have a lot of options as to how you spend your time, and we are flattered you choose to spend a little time with us here in Cozy Corner. You can also email us at latenightfrightpodcast at gmail.com. That link is also in the show description. That's almost too easy. That's what she said. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you for your continued support. Stay spooky. Scary ghosts, creepy serial killers, horrible horoscopes. Open Shutters is a creepy podcast guaranteed to make your skin crawl. Join hosts Barry Marino and Philip Landry as they take you on a hair-raising journey recorded in the most haunted city in America, New Orleans, Louisiana. Open Shutters is available on Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Google, and many others. Enjoy the view from the open shutters, but don't fall out of the window. <laughs> Harry, do you believe in God? Never met him. Yeah, well, I do. And I love Jesus' style, you know. This roof cap is made of a magnesium tungsten alloy. What are you so involved with that? These are the blueprints for the structural ironwork in Dana Barrett's apartment building, and they're very, very strange. Hey, Ray, do you remember something in the Bible about the last days when the dead would rise from the grave? I remember Revelation 7:12. And I looked as he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became as black as sackcloth, and the moon became as blood. And the seas boiled, and the skies fell. Judgment Day. Judgment Day. Every ancient religion has its own myth about the end of the world. Myth? Ray, has it ever occurred to you that maybe the reason we've been so busy lately is because the dead have been rising from the grave? How about a little music? Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. What do you think, Faith? Is Judgment Day upon us? How many of the horsemen are saddled up and ready to go? I don't know. That's a good question. That is a good question. That is one of my favorite scenes of all time. We covered Ghostbusters in depth when we started the show many moons ago, and I don't know. The clip just felt appropriate. I don't know why. It just did. Yes, it did. Maybe look around the world. Yep. You know what else feels appropriate right now? What's that? A coffee check. What are you drinking? Ooh, I have House Blend from Wide Awake. Great company. We've talked about yes. them on the show before. They make uh, compostable pods. Uh, great coffee at a really reasonable price. Absolutely. I am drinking Community's uh, Dark Roast. If you're not familiar with Community, it's a uh, Gulf Coast brand and uh, it's very much worth checking out you like community don't you i do we uh both really like the new orleans blend recommend mm -hmm. that if you like a dark roast and i really like just their regular uh dark roast yeah so very good stuff i think we have a pretty good movie tonight too so are you ready i'm ready here we go off the coast of sicily some fishermen see an xy 21 rocket ship crash into the mediterranean with nearly a splash it was a gold medal dive for sure Three fishermen, including young Pepe, played by Bart Bradley. That sounds like a comic book name. 
It does. Sounds like it should be a superhero secret identity. The fishermen rescue two astronauts of the doomed expedition, including Robert Calder, played by William Hopper. Pepe finds a cylinder marked USAF, that's United States Air Force, on the beach and discovers a gelatinous mass inside that houses a baby Amir, a creature native to Venus. That's right. The space expedition landed on Venus. You have to love these 50s sci-fi flicks. So charming. So naive. So wrong. But I'll allow it. Pepe sells the Amir to Dr. Leonardo, a zoologist studying sea creatures. Marissa, Dr. Leonardo's granddaughter, is a third-year medical student and is tending to Robert Calder's injuries. Dr. Leonardo starts for Rome with his new discovery and finds along the way that the Amir is growing at an exponential rate. Along the way, he battles a dog, a man, an army, an elephant, and spoiler alert, is finally conquered by a bazooka shot to a ledge of the Colosseum. So tragic. I know, I really felt for the guy. The contemporary reviews for 20 Million Miles to Earth are extremely warm and kind, much warmer and kinder than mankind was to the Amir, and many consider this creature to be Harryhausen's best creation. With all of that said, Faith, what did you think of 20 Million Miles to Earth, and how close is it to your heart? (laughs) It, it's pretty close to my heart. You know, I actually, I, I really, really, really got into this movie. I liked it a lot. I know we talked about our movie last week. Um, we, we both kind of felt somewhat the beast disconnected. from 20,000 Fathoms. Yeah, I felt a little disconnected from that one. I felt a little more pulled in and drawn into this one. I was very, very into this one. I liked it a lot. Please check out that episode if you haven't yet. Uh, but the short recap, we felt that... 20, uh, the Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. There were a lot of great ideas. There were a lot of great performances in that movie. Creature work was solid. Mm-hmm. It was Ray Harryhausen. But we didn't feel that the movie came together right. as well as it maybe could have with all right. of the great ideas. Right. Where I feel this one, I feel like did come together for me personally. I felt like it just felt more whole as a movie. More, it, it, it really, was really did. enjoyable. It really did. Uh, before we get too far into it, it's appropriate that we heard Dan Aykroyd there mm-hmm. at the beginning uh, of the break, that great scene from Ghostbusters. And for the record, that is one of my favorite 90 seconds of cinema mm-hmm. ever. Uh, but we heard him in the break, and William Hopper is in this movie. And Dan Aykroyd famously sang, in quotations, the Perry Mason theme song on the Blues Brothers' Made in America album. So if you've never heard that you really should <laughs> it's worth a listen perry mason man anybody who was anybody was on perry mason that show was on for nine years and i mean if you look at the list of guest stars on that show people who were famous at the time and then would go on to be famous uh-huh. like burt reynolds was on that show oh, before nice. yeah i mean it's it's amazing and that comes on me tv like eight times a day so <laughs> <laughs> you feel can't free miss to, it then right <laughs> feel free to check that out uh this is a very good movie Mm-hmm. This is a very good movie, and it seems to hit the monster movie tropes that we talked about last week. There's lots of destruction, and there's a mostly disposable human cast. And I don't mean that they're uh, uh, fodder for the beast. I mean that, that the story's enjoyable, but we know why we're here. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Isn't it great? I love when movies just hold their uh, heart right on their sleeve. Like, you, we, you know. They know. <laughs> That we know why we're here. We're here to see the big monster. Right. You know, isn't that kind of the deal with some of like the later slasher movies? Because, you know, you have, uh, I'm thinking of Friday the 13th in particular, like the first two parts, you Mm -hmm. know, you you get the Jason finally. And uh, they kind of exhaust all the story that they can, you know, that they can use there. And then it just gets to be, you're waiting for Jason to show up. And then Elm Street, you're just waiting for Freddy to show up. You know, exactly. We know why we're here. You know why we're. Thank you. They give it. They give us exactly what we want. We want. We want the monster. Yes, we do. And we want the monster because we have to face a fact here. The story is absolutely ludicrous. This is a ludicrous story. Let's go through the ludicrousness. Is that a word? Sure. It is now. Sure. It is now. We have rockets landing on Venus. We have men walking on Venus. We have life on Venus. Yet there's a charm to this that only a 1950s science fiction film could have. Exactly. I made the comment last week that these black and white 
1950s science fiction movies make me want to smoke cigarettes and drink coffee. I quit one of them and I'm doing the other one right now. <laughs> so again, makes me want to smoke and drink. Yeah. Bad influence. These movies are bad influences. <laughs> All right. So they. we have two stars in the movie. We have the Amir, which is a great creation. We're going to get to that in a second. And Ray Harryhausen. My experience with Ray Harryhausen uh, began when I was a little boy with 1963's Jason and the Argonauts and 1981's Clash of the Titans. A lot of people my age, 1981's Clash of the Titans. That's the original Clash of the Titans, not the <laughs> not the remake that came out. That was that was kind of our introduction to Ray Harryhausen, and that was I think the last movie that that he worked on. So I've always known who he was. I've always really respected and appreciated his work. We've had a lot of great joys on this show, haven't we? we have. One of my great joys was really discovering Peter Cushing. Yes. You know, absolutely, really, really, uh, and and this deep, abiding love, yeah, for Peter Cushing. There's this little soft spot you hold for him now, you know. Absolutely, yeah. uh, Candy Clark, mm-hmm. you know, is another one. But the, but there's been some discoveries on this show, and one of the the joys for me in doing this show is not only getting to do this with you every week, but and talking about movies as we say all the time is so much fun. But learning things about movies and learning things about the people who made the movies and this guy who put the creature in the creature features, mm-hmm. you know, this has been a really wonderful discovery for me, this, this, this newfound respect and love for Ray Harryhausen. And I just absolutely adore this man's work. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yeah. We've had two movies now in a row. And uh, what do you think of the Harryhausen style? I love it. I feel like... It's as realistic. I feel like I feel like last week. I, I think I had a few more complaints than this week. Mm-hmm. There were a little, there were a few moments in last week's movie. I was like, okay, it kind of looked a little fake. This one, I felt like it was very realistic looking for that time and what he was doing and just everything. I I really liked the way it looked on screen. It was really cool. What did you think of the stop motion? Because it's it's really seamless. It is. It's really flawless. It really is. I think you can take the Amir here, and this is stop motion animation, and you can put it up next to the Rancor monster that's in Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi. That is not stop motion. That's a that's a puppet. Yeah. And that looks fantastic, by the way. We have to, you oh, know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the people over at ILM, Industrial Light and Magic, and Phil Tippett, who was working that puppet. And Phil Tippett, if you don't know who he is, he's one of the other great uh, guys who's put the creature in the creature features and just a wonderful artist in his own right. But that's his hand in there in the Rancor. And I mean, what a wonderful creation that is. Yes. And um, so that's, you know, there there's no trickery with that. That's a hand mm-hmm. you put a, you put the hand in the puppet you put the camera on well you know with the stop motion they have to take the picture you know picture 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 right. i would put the amir up next to like the rancor monster yeah. it's I would too. It, the the work here was just absolutely it amazing it was blowing my mind watching this like, me too honestly it was like for a lot of reasons it was blowing my mind and listen the movie the movie itself is fine. It's ridiculous. It's an excuse for this thing to rampage. That <laughs> That is all this movie is, is an yeah. excuse for this uh, monster to rampage. I'm not even going to worry about the story because the story <laughs> is is really secondary. But it's not, it's not like in The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms where you're going, wait a second, there's cool ideas here. No, no, this is pure pulp yep. from the beginning. And you buy it and you yep, go with exactly. it. And you just want to see this creature. Exactly you know, do its thing. But, um, so let's talk about the Amir. What an amazing design. What did you think of the design? Because I, I was amazed at how, how much expression Mm -hmm. and how much emotion that this thing had, which is Mm -hmm. basically, as far as I know, a piece of clay, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. So what did you think of the Amir itself? Because this really is the movie. Yeah. I I thought it was amazing. I thought the look of it was like you said, it had so much emotion to it, but it was also creepy looking at the same time. This creature, you know, and I love the idea that we got to see it grow. I think that was even mm-hmm. cooler that it changed. That's even more work that, you know, <laughs> but it's just so cool to watch it tra- like change size and shape. And I feel like you can, like you said, with emotion, you can, it almost, 
grew with grew its emotion grew with it. I feel like I was I was genuinely surprised, and this is a movie that uh, I had actually seen, and I didn't realize I had seen mm-hmm. it because they kind of all get jumbled up right. after a while. <laughs> but uh, when he was going through uh, Rome, mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh wait, I've seen this movie!" Like you know, because I remembered it in, you know being in Rome, right? And then when I got a good look at the creature, I was like, "Ah, that's that <laughs> thing. That's that's the guy." What impressed me is the face, mm-hmm. the the design of that of the Amir's face, and again the 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 amount of expression he's getting out of that. I know. And you always know what the creature is thinking. You always mm-hmm. know where it is on the emotional spectrum, which I right. think is just just really cool. Oh yeah, it's it's a really it's really cool. really cool design. And then the texture of that creature too, yes. like the the scale look of it mm-hmm. and i want to go back to star wars we mentioned it last week on the show that uh in episode two attack of the clones they have the creatures that are in the arena mm-hmm. that are attacking anakin obi-wan and padme and these things come out and if you know your movie history and you're familiar with uh with your creatures and your monsters and you like your horror stuff when those things come out you should immediately be going oh that's ray harryhausen and and george and all the guys at ilm are on record as saying they were doing ray harryhausen <laughs> i mean the guy's influence is still being felt today Absolutely. with with effects creators yeah. and uh Amazing. And you can see why, you know, I mean. (laughs) Absolutely. And the thing is, like, Harryhausen kind of fills in the void if you're going on the timeline of effects. You've got um, uh, King Kong, Mm -hmm. you know, those kind of things. you got King Kong, and then you get to Harryhausen, and then you get to, like, ILM and those guys. And then you get into John Knoll and the CGI and and all this. So he's an integral link in the chain. Oh, yeah. You know. Please oh, yes. familiarize yourself with him if you're not. This is the last monster movie that he did. After okay. this, he would only... Now, he would have monsters in his movies, but right. the last like creature mm-hmm. feature. Then he would go on to do things like Jason and the Argonauts and Sinbad the Sailor. Some more like mythological type stuff. Okay. I love his design on Medusa for... Uh, Clash of the Titans from 1981. I, think I have that's not a, seen that movie, oh, unfortunately. We're going to have to watch that one night and <laughs> eventually do a show on it. It's it's really good. It's in, I've it's, heard it is. Yeah, it's... it's, it's I'm just crazy and haven't seen it. It's really good. It. <laughs> and it's one of the last films that uses this style okay. of animation or, or a stop motion, I should say. Can we talk about the sound of it, too? Yes. Oh, my Did you read goodness. what the sound what was I making? I did. Yes. Go I did. ahead. I can't remember. I can't, was it like... Um, it was an elephant. An elephant. But didn't they use different... I thought I read something. They use people people as well and like different... I didn't read that. I, I read the elephant. Okay. I, I read too. I thought they used like different people on the set or something. It wouldn't surprise me. And they, they just like changed the octaves and stuff. And they like, pitch it. I yeah. Think they, yeah. I, th- I think yeah. I read that. And, uh, maybe I might be mistaken, but I, I and I'm of, glad you brought up the sound of it because the sound the effect sound that goes with it is such a is such an integral part of <laughs> this thing. And again, it gives you that kind of insight. What I love about it is you know what the monster is feeling mm-hmm. the entire film, right? Which it, you're able to, he's able to uh, get sympathy mm-hmm. out of the audience with this creature. Yeah, and the creature really. It, and I have a note here. Let me see what you think of this. Uh, I got the Karloff Frankenstein vibe from Absolutely. the creature, yeah. you know, and then yeah. we have the lab scene where he's hooked up and mm-hmm. I was, I was going, oh, it's this Karloff Frankenstein, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not doing anything that, I mean, he just came out of, you know, he plopped down out of nowhere and he didn't ask, he to, didn't be ask to be brought here yeah. and put in a cage and he and really, what's going and really on. he wasn't like, uh, being belligerent with, right. with people. Uh, if they got in his way, he would get belligerent with him but he's kind of this great misunderstood force of nature mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's it, and he likes the sulfur you know it's yeah. it's a really i thought that was a cool touch i feel like that's very i don't know i feel like it was cool that he wasn't just attacking and eating people it was like let's go for the sulfur let's because of venus yeah, yeah. it was cool they're they're like attempted the science yeah. they're attempted right? science yeah <laughs> yeah it's not just like a you know a murdering beast that's just going out and attacking he's he's, he's attacking the sulfur <laughs> I, I was i was i was very i was very drawn to him mm-hmm. i was very drawn mm-hmm. to him there's a there's a real likability factor with him there is yeah there is. uh much more so than the uh uh Soros from Twenty Thousand yeah. fathoms uh Twenty Thousand fathoms is one of those movies i don't say this very often that really really could stand a remake 
Yeah. Really could. Possibly. Really could. Yeah. I feel like this is a superior film. Yeah, I feel like that movie, like, it, 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 it kind of knew what it wanted to do. Didn't go there. This one, like you said earlier, like, the story's weird. But you don't even care. I didn't even question anything. I was like, no, all right. <laughs> no, there's enough. There's enough charming stuff with with the human cast. Yeah. Uh, you know, Pepe is great. You know, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie, the little boy, and he wants to be a cowboy mm-hmm. and 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 uh, and all that stuff. It's really interesting, I think, too, because of the Italian setting. I think yes. sets it apart a little bit. From, I was thinking that too. From from your average run of the mill monster movie, because you know you have Godzilla in Tokyo, uh, you know King Kong owns New York, mm-hmm. you know, owns the East Coast. And uh, this thing is going through through Rome <laughs> and Italy and the countryside. And you see him in countryside mm-hmm. and in the city. So it's really it's really fun. It's kind of a fun little travel log in a yeah. way, too. It's, it's just a really good, fun movie. I think so. It's a really, really fun little uh, diversion, mm-hmm. if you will. I would like to bring up a few things about Harryhausen okay. and, and his genius, okay. I think. So one of the things I was noticing, Harryhausen uses perspective so well. Were you noticing this in the movie? There's always a reference for size. Mm-hmm. You always yes. have something that's uh, that's in there so you know how big things are in the frame. And for my money, that's art. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's yeah. that's art. I, I have taken up painting. I've taken up watercolor painting. I'm not a very good painter. Um, you are. I think you're pretty good. Well, thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Um, you're biased, but that's why I love you. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, and I love it. I, I, I do. I love it. It's my getaway from from mm-hmm. the world. And uh, and I love learning about it. And I love watching good painters paint. And yeah. one of the things that good painters do, and and listen, this is not me you know, lecturing here. If, if you're not familiar with art out there, this is something to look for when, mm-hmm. you're, when you're watching special effects. Uh, great painters put something in for perspective. And if you want to see this in action, watch Bob Ross. Okay. And I know it's just kind of this fun cultural thing, you know, and Uh and people have fun with Bob Ross and rightfully so what a wonderful personality, but, um, Bob always, so if you have a mountain, right, you you need trees to, to give it perspective. Right. If you watch this movie, Again, if you haven't seen the movie or watch it again or watch any Harryhausen movie, because I watched Jason and the Argonauts after this, and he does it in, in that movie too. There's always something in the shot to give you some kind of perspective. And it's something that you're very well aware of, of how big that thing is. Right. And I think I and, and I think he does this all a solid because how many times do you watch movies and you just don't know what's going on? You know? Oh yeah. Especially like in an action scene or something like that. And yeah. But I was I was noticing that because it's every shot has that perspective, mm-hmm. and I was like, "That's that's it's art, <laughs> that's it, art." It is, you know. That's I mean, this guy was really an artist, you know. And you get guys like this, and I am going to kind of wax poetic a little bit here. You get guys like Ray Harryhausen, and you get guys like Jack Kirby, who was working with Stan Lee on the Fantastic Four and other Marvel titles, but most famously on the Fantastic Four. Jack Kirby would go on to do the new gods at DC, which introduced us to dark side. Dark side just made an appearance in Zack Snyder's justice league cut. So, um, but these guys are legitimate artists and maybe they don't get looked at in the same light as like quote unquote artist. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. You know, uh, I mean, these guys, these guys are just masters in their mediums, masters of their craft. Mm-hmm. You know, Harryhausen was an artist of like the highest caliber. I mean, when you look at the fluidity of the special effect, the, fe- the, the fact that the special effect is telling a story, you know, right. these are the kind of things that get you to Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. I am a Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. I make no apologies for that. I love Star Wars. But Star Wars is one of those milestone movies, okay? And this kind of stuff gets you to Star, Star Wars. Wars yeah. This kind of stuff inspires guys like Joe Dante, who would go on to make Gremlins. This mm-hmm. kind of stuff inspires James Cameron and John Landis and 
all of those guys yep. to go on and do what they do. So this movie is very important. This this movie has influenced and inspired all of your favorite movies. Possibly one of your favorite bands. Did you read the Gene Simmons thing? Yes, I did. Please, please <laughs> Which tell Which I thought that was weird. I, I thought that was so I cool. I would have never have thought that in a million years. He bases the way he moves on stage to the Emir. Like, that's good because he's a, a Harryhausen fan. He's a Harryhausen that's fan. That's so yeah. cool. Like, I never would have. Isn't that great? so cool. Isn't that fantastic? Like, never would have thought that. And I've been reading a lot of, like, the Jack Kirby, Stan Lee, Fantastic Four run, uh, that, that first 100-some-odd issues that they did together, which is one of the greatest runs in the history of comic books. And, and if you like those Marvel movies, listen, go back to the source. Get into those Fantastic Four books. They're amazing. But um, you can see in Kirby's work, that uh, they were influenced by these monster movies. You mm-hmm. can see, you can see, you know, these yeah. kind of things in there. It's amazing. Yeah, it absolutely really is. amazing. The other thing that impressed me uh, was uh, not only did we have the stop motion Emir. Did you notice this? We had stop motion human, stop motion elephant, because when it's fighting the human and fighting the elephant, those are stop motion. Yep. The one that got me was the human, because I'm going, how did they do that? And I went, wait, that's a stop motion dude. Like, mm-hmm. and you've got to look. You, I talk about the one in the barn. The one in the barn, barn yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. The fight in the barn. It's really cool. So, I mean, he was doing stop motion like other creatures too in this movie mm-hmm. and just absolutely amazing. It's amazing how integrated the effects are in this picture. Okay. This guy, and he also came up with the whole story of it too. So, very cool. Very creative. Very cool. Very creative. I'm really glad that the two Harryhausen movies hit back to Me back. Me too. <laughs> it's really, it's really great. So um, my kind of final thought on this is it's lots of fun. It's an enjoyable entertainment, entertainment, and it's one of the greatest creatures I've ever seen. I love the creature. Loved him. Like, I mean, this is legit one of the greatest creatures I've ever seen I on know. film. And yeah. effects work, I would put this effects work up there with, you know, the, the great CGI dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. It's, I think it's that good. I think so, too. And I mean when I say this holds its own against uh, – you know, the, the really practical stuff that's actually there, yeah. you know? No, um, I absolutely agree. Really, really, really amazing. Really, really good film. It's, it's, you know, there's enough fun stuff in there mm-hmm. to keep it fun and light. Yeah. I, I, I don't feel like this is a uh, horror movie proper, you know, it's more of just a, a fun sci-fi romp, but mm-hmm. uh, you got great creature in there and uh, yeah. can't beat it. Not at all. <laughs> you can't beat it. It's it's good stuff. So if you haven't seen this, please check it out. Um, you know, yeah. like I said, one of the great uh, joys of the show, you know, one of the great kind of discoveries of the show is, is going, oh, wait, I love Ray Harryhausen. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm trying to think. There was another one. Uh, we Peter Cushing is really the big one for us. Uh, he had, uh, Mr. Cushing and Christopher Lee, his, mm-hmm. his, his great buddy. Uh, I feel like there's another one though, uh, that we both just uh, – really hit upon there's probably so many you know there's, there's <laughs> i think it might be uh the unabashed love of robert england too is really so. yeah it's always reaffirmed every time <laughs> no. we see him in, in anything but um I, I know peter cushing and christopher lee in particular were something that that we both and it was just this 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 amazing thing mm-hmm. you know and uh and there's a reason those two guys are for my money two of the top five Oh, God, horror yeah. movie stars of all time. Oh, yeah. And really, I think they're two of the top movie stars of all time. That's that's so my humble opinion. And uh, Mr. Harryhausen is definitely, definitely one of the great effects people 100%. of all time. It's great. The names there we have. We have Ray Harryhausen, Jack Pierce, the great universal monster makeup man. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, how many nightmares did he inspire, you know, back in the day? <laughs> And then, you know, you get into uh, guys like Kevin Yeager doing the makeup and Stan Winston and Phil Tippett, as I said, with mm-hmm. the puppets and all this. And I mean, these really, Tom Savini's another one, you know, I know I'm forgetting, you know, I'm, I'm rattling these off off the top of my head. So if I forget your favorite guy or girl, <laughs> I, I apologize. There's so we many. We mean all of them. Yeah. Uh, we, we do. We mean all of them. Um, but, you know, those great names, yeah. you know, and like I said, this guy inspired your favorite movies. Yes. In all genres. Yeah. It's like I said before, I don't I don't remember which episode it was. It, horror movies hold a special place in, in sci-fi and horror. I feel like because of these types of people, these people get to do, I feel like, such different work than most movies. You know, with comedy, there's 
you've got your people writing funny stuff, but with these people, there's so many people behind the scenes putting their art out there. And sometimes I feel like they could be a little, you know, it's like I said about Jack Kirby and, and Ray Harryhausen, maybe not getting the respect of like, you know, you know, the, yeah. uh, the, from the square community as it is, right. you know, but, uh, and I've said it on the show before. I, I remember I said it in particular in regards to Elm street three dream warriors, because they had so many problems that they had to solve on that set. I feel like you get great creativity out of horror and sci-fi mm-hmm. because they have to a fix problems. Again, let's go back to what I was talking about earlier. Star Wars was a notoriously difficult shoot and they had to fix problems. And not only did they fix problems, but they innovated along the way. You right. look at Terminator two, all of the innovations that were made there. And I love it because it comes from people going, we want to do this. You know, you don't have stories by committee with some of these, with these films that we're talking about, you know, we want to do this and, and we want to do this and we're going to do it. And then they just go out and they do it. James Cameron goes, we're going to have a liquid metal man. How do we do that? (laughs) Well, we can't do that right now. Well, we're going to do it. And think about this too. Then Photoshop comes off of terminator 2 they invent photoshop mm-hmm. john knoll who was part of lucas's ilm team invents has has to invent photoshop to make the effects work right. i'm looking faith has a cell phone sitting on her desk right here and we have photoshop on our phones now mm-hmm. you know yeah so there was originally one computer in the world that had photoshop on it and they made terminator 2 in it they did effects mm-hmm. there now we have it on our phone we could do it You know, in our phones, if if need be, it's amazing. Um, But I'm with you, the level of creativity and the level of innovation and not only effects wise, but then like cinema wise, you know, when Mm -hmm. you get things like Hitchcock doing what he was doing, John Carpenter doing his thing and those things influencing. uh, And I keep I keep going, going to him, but guys like George Lucas Mm -hmm. and all of those guys, De Palma and Robert Zemeckis and and, and those big name directors, you know, and, and all of that. You know, those guys loved horror movies. They loved right. monster movies, you know. Right. Um, and even uh, the great directors like Akira Kurosawa, the famous Japanese director who did The Seven Samurai and, and so many movies, uh, Throne of Blood, which is uh, his take on Shakespeare's Macbeth, is really kind of a horror movie. You know, Macbeth is really horrific, yeah. you know. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point that you make. And, yeah, and it's just a, with all those creators and those artists, some of your favorite stuff might not be as good as it is because of those people. And, you know, some people look at, oh, it's the, you know, you have these actors and here's the director. Yeah. But you, they, those names, those for, names you know, behind, yeah. the, behind the scenes. I'm not saying everybody, but yeah, for the most part. And I love horror movies. Them. Uh, I love horror movies and it's so, horror movies are so much fun. And, we said it before. There's so many blooms on that, on that tree, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's a communal experience most of the time. And it's so much fun to watch a horror movie with people. And it's so much fun to watch a horror movie that might not be very good. You know? <laughs> right. And what I love about those movies is movies that might not be very good, but you could tell they're trying so hard. Like they didn't have a lot of budget, you know? And, and, right. and there, uh, the 1982 movie, uh, basket case comes to mind it's a movie i watched recently on the uh on the shutter streaming service and joe bob briggs uh uh the last drive-in it's one of those episodes and this movie notoriously low budget movie and does so much with what they have and they were solving problems and they have stop motion in that movie too so you know there there you go there's a link back to harryhausen and um I think it's charming and endearing though when you know they're trying. I'm, I pull for those movies. I'm, yeah. I'm pulling for them. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's like you almost, you still kind of almost walk away with a good time from those absolutely movies. Absolutely, you do. You know, it can, like some other genres, you might, you know, they might not have that charming effect as, yeah. as these movies would. Horror movies, <laughs> they have to be really, really ranked for them not to be fun right. in, in my book. You right. know, <laughs> I've seen some real turkeys. I mean, I have seen some just trashy like the ass. Like movie we watched? Huh? I said you said turkey. That made me think of that Thanksgiving. Thanks killing. Thanks killing. Yeah, I mean, I've seen some really bad horror movies, uh, and it's very rarely. I mean, they have to be completely lifeless and void of personality mm-hmm. for me to go. I'm not going to tell you that like it's a great movie, but I'm going to go. This is a fun movie. Yeah. This is a fun time. But there's a few where you go, no nah, man, just just don't don't even worry <laughs> right. about it. But I like the ones where you can tell they're trying. And uh, uh, anyway, 
but 20 million miles <laughs> earth great that's that's a good one that's a good one you it's should check one. it out so all right well, we are going to take a very short pause this is a news break so be sure to stay tuned for all of the fake news not fit to print i am dan and i am Faith. and we will see you on the other side This is Old Farmer Felcher for Farmer Felcher's Old Fashioned Gluten. Times have been hard as of recently down on the gluten farm. A lot of you have been downright intolerant. We want you back. They've been bastards, Daddy. Now, not a word out of you, girl. That's my daughter, Franny. Little Franny Felcher. She's passionate, just like all of us Felchers. What are we passionate about? We're passionate about the family Felcher and the world's most high-quality pure gluten. How pure? purer than snow white Colombian. Farmer Felcher's Old Fashioned Gluten. Available in supermarkets in Cozy Corner and around the world. Farmer Felcher's Old Fashioned Gluten. It ain't gonna kill you, but I might. That's enough out of you, girl. Farmer Felcher's Old Fashioned Gluten. A proud underwriter of the Late Night Fright. Epsilon variant of Poopoo 19, the deadly virus that rocked the world in 2020, is a real killer. In case you haven't heard, all of your flesh falls off and then your skeleton runs around for a while before it explodes. I cannot emphasize how bad this is, folks. Our medical facilities are being overrun by screaming, exploding skeletons. Our heroic frontline doctors and nurses are being injured by flying bone shrapnel, and this is really hindering them from choreographing their latest TikTok videos. Be careful, people. Be careful. With the possibilities, or should we say threats, of lockdowns looming, and by looming I mean hanging above our heads like the Sword of Damocles, there has been yet another massive run on toilet paper. That's right toilet paper. I did not get the memo, but apparently if food runs scarce, toilet paper will supply all of the necessary vitamins and minerals the human body needs to survive. This is where we are. Sit back and enjoy the show, people. In weather, it's currently hotter than hail with no end to the heat in sight. We're also getting reports of earthquakes happening around the world in places not situated on fault lines. I'm not saying this is the end, but the word apocalypse certainly comes to mind. And finally, we just want to remind all of you here in Cozy Corner and around the world that Mayor Lucius Morningstar did not win the last mayoral election and cheated his way to victory through massive fraud. That is all. And that is the news. Stay tuned for our final scores and a preview of next week's show. If there is a next week. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. All right, let's get to it. We were talking about 20 million miles to Earth. Uh, Both of us really like the movie. Oh, yeah, a lot. Really like the movie. Uh, We're awarding it gelatos. I like that. Tonight. I want some gelato. Italy, you know. Yeah. Italy. Uh, Faith, 
How many gelatos did you award Mr. Harryhausen and 20 million miles to Earth? I gave it three and a half gelatos. Faith, I also scored it three and a half gelatos. Very fair. I would like for you to quit copying my scores. <laughs> I didn't see your score. <laughs> okay, like fair I enough. Could not copy you sure that. you didn't astral project? I, I'm just psychic. I know you have powers, Faith. You know, I, I just read your mind. I know you have powers. There <laughs> it is. All right, so we had a... Uh, I have two quick little things here before we get to what our next movie is going to be and Big Monster Month and Faith has the pick this week. Uh, I Last week, I wasn't able to sleep very well. For some reason, I don't know if it was the new moon that was, that was happening. I was not sleeping well. When I was sleeping, I wasn't resting very well. You've been there, Faith. We've all been there. Yep. It's, a, it's, it's, it's not fun. Not at all. It's not fun. As, they, as some people would say, it's no bueno. No bueno. It's no no bueno. <laughs> no bueno. <laughs> we shifted from Italy to to Spain, <laughs> so I uh, I it was around eleven thirty one night. I just I just couldn't sleep, and I put on television, and Twilight Zone was starting, and it was a really excellent episode called "Will the Real Martian Stand Up?" And very much in the vein of Ten Little Indians or the Thing, there is a visitor from Mars that has snuck in. There's an ice storm snowstorm i should say and uh there's a bus that stops and all these people get off into the diner there were six passengers on the bus ah but there's seven in the diner and the police have found where this ship has crashed and they know that there's this alien being that's hiding out so they're trying to suss out who it is really really fun really really good a lot of misdirection at the end you do finally find out who the who the martian is Mm -hmm. ah but there's a twist one of the characters is actually also Venusian. He's from Venus, and he says the Venusians are going to colonize Earth. So he has three eyes. He has an eye where that third eye would be. So Ray Harryhausen was lying to us. This is not how <laughs> the Venusians look. He's lying. They Can't look, believe they, it. They, don't, they don't look like the Amir. They look like this guy that was working the counter in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Also, uh, this, this is neither here nor there. Just uh, I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, I, I use voodoo. That's my, my digital movie. Um, I was like, wait a minute. You practice voodoo? Oh, Faith. If you only knew. <laughs> uh, voodoo is my digital movie streaming site of choice. And uh, I love voodoo because every now and then they run sales. We mm-hmm. are recording this on a Friday the 13th. Uh, they are currently, today, selling all of the Friday the 13th movies for Thirteen dollars. There you go. Isn't that cool? But they had a they had a package, and I think our listeners are going to be able to identify with this. So they had a thing. It was date night movies. All right, and the movies that are in the date night movie package, God. you can you can imagine <laughs> what they are, right? Titanic. Mm-hmm. You know, when Harry met Sally while you were sleeping. Probably the Notebook. The Notebook. The Notebook was I've never definitely seen the Notebook. Oh, oh that's, that's a horror movie. That's a horror movie. But the usual, usual date night fair. And I'm thinking to myself, that is so cliche because when Faith and I have date night, we don't watch those movies. You know, our date night, our date night consists of. I was say, I don't think I've even seen half those movies alone. Our date night consists of, uh, hey, let's watch Freddy versus Jason. Okay. Yeah. Hey, let's watch uh, what's on Spinguli tonight. Yeah, it's the Mummy. Let's watch the Mummy. You know, is something wrong with us? Or we, we have just awesome? never date nighted awesome. to a date night movie, Faith. Because we're awesome, and we're not going to start anytime soon. No. But I bet our listeners out there have had that experience because I have a feeling you people out there listening, and God bless all of you for tuning into the show. We appreciate it more than you know. Uh, but I have a feeling that. All of you out there might not be the biggest fans in the world of of those particular. I like movies. Titanic. I'll give Titanic a pass because Titanic was made by James Cameron. Titanic. Titanic is a wonderful, wonderful. I mean, it's got piece Leonardo of work. DiCaprio. It, it's one. It's got <laughs> Kathy Bates in it. It's yeah, got, it has Kathy Bates. In it. Uh, oh, her name is escaping me. Uh, Annie Wilkes. Annie Wilkes from Misery in it. So of course. Yeah, of course. You. I mean, Titanic's fine. Right. Right. It's also historical. So. I was gonna say I don't even I almost don't even view it as like a romantic movie. More of a I look history. at more in like a history yeah. and like, you know, um what's the word I'm looking for? 
like historical catastrophe, drama, you know, like disaster, <laughs> disaster film. film. Yes, yeah, all it's all of this. It's a lot of movies in one. Uh, one of the things, uh, one of the scariest shots in all of moviedom for me is in that movie when the lights go out on the boat yes. and you see that they're all alone out there in the middle of nowhere. That is terrifying. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. And the people who brave that are indeed very brave. Mm-hmm. So. One of the great uh, tragedies. It really is. That's one of the it great really tragedies is. in in history. Oh, no. uh, so, but I think they were not asking for it. But you know, the unsinkable Titanic. You know, have you heard on. of the Titanic Museum they have in uh, Pigeon Forge, Tennessee? Yes, I have. They the iceberg wall. Like last week, it fell on people. That's 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 what <laughs> it's I like heard. Like the Titanic, just cute. You know, it's tragedy. It's a gift that keeps on giving. And hey, if you're a conspiracy theorist like I am, look into. There is a book that came out several years uh, before the Titanic accident. It's called The Wreck of the Titan. It came out many years, like I want to say 10 years. There is a thing called, uh, uh, forget the ritual of revelation that the powers that be, the evil dark powers, have to tell you what they're going to do to you before they do it. And this book, eight or 10 years before, eerily mirrors the wreck of the Titanic. And there is some historical evidence that it might not be the Titanic that, uh, that crashed that. and that it was a hit job on the financial people that were on the ship. So uh, there's a, some great YouTube, there's a great YouTube documentary on this mm-hmm. and I highly recommend it. And here's the deal. Like I, me, a conspiracy theorist, went in highly skeptical of it and at the end i was going oh "Oh, well of course that's how that's what happened of course that's what happened yeah it's very interesting you should should all check it out it's uh and i and i mean that and it's it's very cool yeah i think we're i think i know what we're doing next date night (laughs) no watching the notebook all right yeah we're gonna watch the notebook that's what it is all right so well this was a very good movie I enjoyed this movie, and we had four movies picked out for Big Monster Month. We had The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. We had 20 Million Miles to Earth, Jurassic Park from 1993, and Shin Godzilla. So we have Jurassic Park and Shin Godzilla left in our little box. Faith has picked the next movie. Do you want to read what it is? Sure. Go ahead, Faith. What have we got next Our next movie is... Jurassic Park. We are going in order again. We're going in order again. This is awesome. Obviously, everyone knows Steven Spielberg as a director. If you don't, right? You know, still making Jurassic Park movies. Oh, it's the first time we saw realistic CGI. Yes. Do we have to name our stars? Well, we got Sam Neill. Yeah. We got Laura Dern. We got the great Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. We got Richard Attenborough. I want to. I want to. I think. I, I feel like. I feel like nobody hasn't seen this movie. You know, like right. most people, I feel like they've seen it. Right. I hope they. Have. So let's put a big spoiler alert on, <laughs> on the beginning of the next week's show. Um, if if you're if you're watching along with us, and I don't know how all of you out there do this, if you you know when we tell you the movie the week before, if you watch it or, or you probably whatever. don't. Probably they, like we don't they care. Probably don't. Yeah, it's just our <laughs> charming personalities carry the show. You know. Um. I want you to think about something because I was watching scenes from this and I think everybody's favorite character in this movie, at least I think everybody has a soft spot for Jeff Goldblum as Dr. Ian Malcolm. Uh-huh. He, he brings an energy to this thing that is, uh, that is needed. But you didn't necessarily know you needed it? That you didn't know you needed it. And he's doing the thing that only Goldblum can do, yes. right? <laughs> So I'm going to throw this out there. If you're going to watch the movie this week or, or whatever time in the future that you're listening to this and maybe you're you know, following along with a late night fright. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was watching scenes from it. And I want to put this in your head. Just, just alternative, alternate universe take. Do you know who would have been a great Dr. Ian Malcolm? Who's that? John Belushi. Absolutely. <laughs> John Belushi. So... All of you out there, if you're familiar with Belushi's work, uh, and and not that he would have played it like Jeff Goldblum, but I can so see it, mm-hmm. that attitude that he had. Yeah. That would have been something. That would have been something. Oh, yeah. I'm not complaining about what we got, though, because... Oh, no. No, no, no. But uh, think, about think about that. Uh, think about John Belushi when you're watching Jurassic Park. This movie came out 11 years after he died. He very, you know, he would have been still a very young man, mm-hmm. you know, 
and uh, would have fit right into that world. So, uh, but uh, nice. no, what we got so is great, you. and uh, this is this is fun, and this is funny because if you followed uh, Summer Slasher Month, we did them in order. <laughs> we picked them at random, and they came out in order, and they're doing it again this week. But I'm very glad because this means that Shin Godzilla will be the last film, and it's going to tie back in to the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms, which is the first atomic monster movie, and Godzilla is probably the most famous atomic oh, yeah. monster. So things work out the way they're supposed to work out. Yeah. So very fun. And uh, I don't have the list of movies in front of me and we're going to hold off on that anyway. But uh, next month we will be doing sci fright mares is what we're calling it. So it's going to be a sci-fi month. Of, uh, we got one straight sci-fi movie and the rest are sci-fi horror films. So that should be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. I'll love too. me some good sci-fi. Uh, speaking of sci-fi, this was a good sci-fi film tonight. So really glad, yes, really was. glad we did this fun show too. Fun. It's always fun to do the show with you. Absolutely. It's always great. It's always great to have everyone tuning in too. Yes. And we want to say hello to everyone around the world once more and thank you for tuning in. And as always, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe, stay sane, take your vitamins and make good decisions. That's all I'm going to say. Make <laughs> good decisions. In the words of the late great host of Soul Train, Don Cornelius, be good to yourself, be good to your neighbors. Remember, there are more of us than there, than there are of them. They want to keep us divided along every line conceivable. We don't. We're, we're not going to stand for that. Not, not here all. on the show. We're all about unity. Horror is a communal thing. Call up a friend, watch a horror movie, talk about it. You never know where that conversation might take you. Hey, they don't want us talking about anything. Talk about whatever you want to talk about with your friends. Be talk open. Everything. Be open. Be honest. Back up your opinions. That's all I'm going to say. There you go. There you go. Be open. Be honest. We got to be open and honest with each other and always lead from the heart. There you go. That's my advice for tonight. That's not my advice. That's (laughs) other great people's advice. I'm just passing. Wise words, though. I'm just passing that along. I'm the messenger. I'm the messenger tonight. And uh, I'm going to add one more tonight. Uh, The words of the late, great Bob Wilkins, the host of Creature Features for all those years in San Francisco. Faith knows what I'm about to say. Watch horror movies. Make them. Keep keep America strong. <laughs> maybe we need to watch horror movies and make America strong. Yeah, maybe, it doesn't feel very strong Maybe sometimes. we need to be strong. It feels like we're strong. living in a horror movie at times, and I think we might be, but hopefully we'll be coming out of that. So there you go. Jurassic Park is up next. That's a very, very good movie. I'm looking forward to I it. I am too. And, um, Hit me with some Letterman. Oh, I have. We have been doing. We haven't done Letterman in a while. I need some in my life. Uh, say, uh, say, Faith. Uh, uh, you, you like the dinosaurs, there, Faith? I do like you the like, dinosaurs, you, Dan. Yeah, you like the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my favorite part of the movie, Faith, was uh, was uh, was the poop. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for there, that. There. Yeah, Dave. It's crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy. Big poop. Wasn't a very good Letterman, but it was Letterman. It was was Letterman, nonetheless. (laughs) Thank you all again for tuning in. We do. We appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. It's it's a pleasure and a privilege to do this show. Uh, All of our contact information is in the uh, show description. Uh, We have we had the promo there uh, in the first break for our patron site. So if you would like to support the show, we would certainly appreciate it. Tree fitty. Tree fitty. (laughs) Tree fitty. If you can't right now, guess what? We understand. We understand this is a free show. We're not we're not shaking you down or anything. No. It's just you know it, it, we have some overhead here, and and we're more than happy to cover that overhead. But uh, if you guys can uh, help us, we we certainly would appreciate it. But we know times are tough right now for for some folks. So, uh, yeah. but you're doing the best thing you can by listening to the show. So yeah. that helps uh, in ways you can't imagine. And uh, we're on the charts currently in seven countries. That's so awesome. That's pretty amazing. So thank you Very all. Cool. Thank you all out there for listening and uh, yeah, tune in next week for Jurassic Park. And on that note, it does feel like it's time to go home. Yes, doesn't it does. It? All right. If we snap our fingers, will the magic happen? I have a feeling it Let's will. Let's see. Let's see. One, two, three. There it is. Magic. Yes. Magic. Not editing. Not computer editing at not all. Not computer editing <laughs> at all. Thank you all once again for tuning in. You all have a great week. We will see you next week with Jurassic Park. We got some we got some big dinosaurs. Yes, we do. We got some velociraptors. <laughs> can't wait. I cannot wait. I can't wait either. 
Can't wait. All right, Faye, take us home. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep keep your your monster monster on a leash. leash. We will see you on the other side.